Clipper and Zephyr Fitz at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscato, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. These Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stetson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my new friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Monday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. Another week of Sandos and the Sidekick. We'll recap Saturday's contest, ETSU men's victory and a record-setting victory for one Buccaneer in particular over Western Carolina. We'll recap ETSU women's uh, second game of a road swing at Mercer, a pros versus Jays something. Big one. What he's doing. Big one. He, he, Huge one. We'll, we'll Epic. see. We'll Massive. See. And then bold prediction. I don't want to bring it up, but uh, dominated last week. <laughs> dominated. The old pitchers do a one to dominated. nothing, as I believe uh, what it was. I was not too happy with my. I was going to look at a different direction. I hit three thirty three, and <laughs> you were almost the golden sombrero. Ever the optimist, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think more than the golden sombrero. I think the platinum sombrero. Oh, we'll the five. That's later, right. Yeah. Four to five. Oh, oh, that's right. Let's save that till later. Yeah, let's hey, you don't want to lead with that. No, I think actually had a bury the lead here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's start uh, in Cullowhee. ETSU men's basketball able to bounce back uh, uh, after that loss to UNCG. Didn't play the Thursday. Had that game off. So they had a whole week to prepare. And uh, bold predictions, at least I, I will say this, got mine and yours was only derailed because Patrick Good just went bonkers. Tisdale will go to Good. He'll fire a shot for three from deep and nail it. Patrick Good nails a triple, 986 consecutive game with a made three. And Ford Good, it is his 55th made triple of the season. Carlos Dotson for the Catamounts. Pass deflected and stolen. Tisdale to Good. He wants a dagger for a three. Book it. Oh, baby, a big-time three. Pat Good and ETSU on a 17-3 run. Boyd against the double team. Back to Good. He's hit a couple deep threes, making three of them. Third three for Patrick Good, and that was from way downtown. For the basketball, Good catch, fires a three. Head of the key, got another one. Patrick Good nails a three. Good wants to fire and hit his fifth three, did. Oh, baby, Patrick Good fires another one from long range and was deadly. 15 for Patrick Good. Armas knocked it away and a steal. Here comes Williamson. Touch pass, Good for a three from Tisdale Bucket. Patrick Good with 18. Bucks trying to run a screen for Good. He'll catch. He'll fire another one. He'll make another one. Oh, ties a career high. 21 points for Patrick Good. That dates back to his days at Appalachian State. Good. A deep three to beat the horn. He got it. Oh, my goodness. He shot it from 35 feet. He got it to beat the horn. 58-38. Dotson drives in. And the ball knocked away by Armas. Rodriguez to Good. Is he going to pull the trigger? He does again. Lean it forward. He got it. Oh, Patrick Good, stop it. Dotson's got to play with one shoe off. In transition. Good for a three. Got it. Tied the school record. Matching the 
his jersey number of 10. And they'll get it. Williamson over to Trey Boyd. Patrick Good will catch. Looking for the school record. Off balance. He got it. There it is. 446 to go in the game. And Patrick Good is your all-time single-game best three-point shooter with his 11th make and his 35th point of the game. Yeah, just an incredible performance to see Patrick Good uh, break the school mark, beat Courtney Pegram's uh, 10 of 23 against Mercer, uh, and I think that was back in 09. But unbelievable performance from Patrick Good. He single-handedly kind of derailed uh, your prediction because you wanted three guys with 20. You know, if he's just on his season average of, you know, 12, 13, you, you, you know, or even if he stopped at 21. And, selfish. And, and, just and, selfish. And then, uh, you know, Dromi Rodriguez in the second <laughs> half had uh, 10 points. You know, maybe he added uh, six more, bu- you know, what, three, three more buckets, right? Oh, two yeah. More field goals, yeah. Yeah, you're right there with it. But Patrick Good certainly put on an electrifying performance. Yeah, and there were all 11, as called by you. It's about 2, 2, and 15 or so of. Uh, of great three-point calls and great three-point makes by Patrick Good. I enjoyed a couple things about the two minutes and 15 seconds we just gave you. Firstly, that you went with the dagger on the second three of the game from Patrick Good, and there were still nine more to follow. Uh, And then I also enjoyed how, uh, obviously, on number nine, uh, you went completely over the top. Uh, It was fantastic. And then, of course, the record itself. Patrick Good adds the one two-point field goal, the rare two-point field goal for Patrick Good to make it 35. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, I looked at the box score at halftime. I was listening to the game on the way back from Mercer with the women's basketball team, and I said, you know, looks like Pat is going to at 15 at the half, I think, or something like that. I, I think he's probably going to safely get to the 20. And I looked at Milad, and he had 11. I was like, okay, you know, he's halfway there. And unfortunately for Milad, it's one of those nights where he has his best as a collegiate, and no one's really talking about it because Patrick Good just lit it up. And probably one of his toughest matchups. I mean, yeah. that was a – Unbelievable display, especially that, that's one of the best big men down low. I, you know, it's tough when you see guys on film sometimes. It doesn't translate to, to seeing them live of just the, the physicality and then really how quick sometimes they are. It was unbelievable how Carlos Dotson, just how agile and quick in the array of moves he had, and then to be, you know, 270 pounds. And I, I, I'll give Daniel Hooker credit. I, I can't remember if he said it on the podcast or just talking to me and. Kevin Brown before the game, but he said something about he's curious to see if Dotson plays a big guy that can kind of match his physicality and Milad and Armas if he would be able to do the things he was able to do. And after the game, he came up and he goes, yep, that answered that. <laughs> he goes, but not everybody in the league has a Milad and Armas that's, a, again, big, strong guy that can actually kind of hold his own down there uh, inside. And you can see how Western Carolina uh, can be dangerous still. They, they can. There's some favorable matchups for them that they could have an opportunity to pick up a win, and honestly, I still contend if he would not have gotten hurt, Dotson I'm speaking of, in the in the UNCG game, it was an opportunity because they were up uh, with about eight minutes to go when he went out. They might have been able to hang on to that one. Yeah, and he had a good game, you know, 15-11, and 11, but Milad Narmus was just better that night, and if he makes some of his free throws, and that's something Steve Forbes talked about after the game, there weren't a lot of negatives to take out of the contest, but you did point out free throw shooting, I think, because you know Steve Forbes, and you know that he's going to find something to critique the team about, and, and that's a good thing about a coach. You don't want him to ever say after the game, well, that was perfect, because it never is, firstly, and secondly, that doesn't leave any room for improvement, especially with about a month, five weeks or so left of the regular season before you have to ultimately be at your best in Asheville for the SOCON tournament, but yeah, Milad and Armas, 21 and 12, a phenomenal night. Patrick Good, you, you talked about it on the broadcast a couple times, Courtney Pegram went 10 for 23, where Patrick Good, I think, made like 11 of his first 14, and then I think missed his last couple, but ends up going 11 of 17 from deep, and 
while free throws were the bugaboo, you know, ETSU just didn't miss much in general from the field, 12-25 from outside, with 11 of those coming from pad, and then 56% from the floor. I was also impressed by the efficiency on the mistakes of Western Carolina. I think 21 turnovers, 38 points off turnovers. That means if my math is correct, and granted, there's probably a three thrown in there here and there, but I think it's like at most three or four possessions where they got a turnover weren't converted into points for ETSU. And then if all of those baskets were two-pointers, then it was only two times that ETSU got a turnover and uh, were not able to score. But, boy, an impressive performance. And me and Kevin Brown were talking about this kind of leading up to the contest. Steve Forbes is just too good of a coach after a big loss like the Bucs had to UNCG where he thought, and the quote from him was, we got whipped. He's too good to have a full week to prepare for a team, especially a team like Western Carolina, where, yes, we talked about it Friday, they can be dangerous, but largely it's going to be a team where if you come out and exert your authority, they're not going to be able to push back hard enough to be able to create some issues for you and ultimately pull the upset. And it proved to be true once again. Steve Forbes had his guys ready to play. Clearly Patrick Good was at uh, the forefront of that list. We're thinking about having him on, hoping we can have him on here in the next couple of days before the Bucks continue their road swing on Thursday. But uh, impressive performance, wire to wire. Uh, thought it was an awesome bounce back and certainly a well-deserved victory. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, again, the, the first thing he got lost was Malad Narmus is 21 and 12. Again, any other day he would be talked about for what a performance he put on against the matchup. I thought Davian Williamson, you know, and Coach had talked about him maybe hitting a freshman wall in the scoring-wise, but six assists, no turnovers, two steals, I mean, from a point guard. And and let's talk about the starting lineup. Uh, Bo Hodges was, was ill and, and hadn't practiced a couple days before, barely went on Friday, wasn't quite sure. And it was more foul trouble in the way the game was going. But he only played five minutes. But think about that. He put in Isaiah Tisdale. Tisdale proven to be the ultimate team guy right now. You know, he's a yeah. starting point guard. All of a sudden, he, he has the, the weird flagrant two. Then he kind of loses his starting position from that. Then he's asked to, to spot start for Bo Hodges. And, again, I thought he played well in, in 21 minutes of action. Six points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals. And then uh, inserting – Armas in for Gusan. That was more rewarding uh, Milad and Armas for the past three weeks and his hard work, and certainly it paid off. So the starting lineup's different. Now, Coach Forbes, you know, tends to be a little bit superstitious, and I know that uh, uh, Bo Hodges, he originally told me, and I didn't ask him after the game. I, I just kind of asked, was Bo not playing because of illness or right. or foul trouble? And, and basically, uh, I should have asked him and said, hey, you know, you had mentioned that this was just going to be a one-off for Bo now, because of the win, the way they won, will they just have Bo Hodges coming off the bench now, or they let him go? Yeah, and, you know, puts up 10 minutes, one field goal attempt, as you said, was kind of ill, and just wasn't, and it's been, unfortunately, a common theme, just has not been able to stay on the floor. It's been one of those weird years, and a lot of was expected of him, of course, but his teammates are picking him up, and that's the beauty of it, is I think I've said, I've been on record as saying a lot of the year, boy, if you can get Bo Hodges back to even a consistent shell of himself from last year. Uh, and it's not to say he's had this horrendous year in terms of his beat on the floor and playing. It's just that he hasn't been able to be out there. But if you can even have him out there for, gosh, half the amount of minutes, for, you know, three-quarters of the amount of games, whatever it may be, then this team is going to be really dangerous. I'm not even sure if you need that right now because you're seeing what ETSU is doing without Bo Hodges. They've clearly gotten used to not having him on the floor as much. And I thought a couple things. 
stood out post game from Coach Forbes and Patrick Good's comments. Firstly, Coach Forbes said, "Yeah, today I pretty much started three point guards, and then Jeremy Rodriguez and Milad Narmis, and clearly it worked out very well. Starters accounted for what eighty of the ninety one points, and then Patrick Good called it out, and you and Coach Forbes talked about it a little bit as well. But even Patrick Good, when you asked him about Milad Narmis post game, he said, "You know, ever since we had individual meetings over break." You know, he went in, talked with Coach Forbes. He knew what he needed to do, and he's come out and really shown that. So, as you said, rewarding someone for their hard work, for uh, knowing that they need to elevate their game to, with Lucas Goussaint, I'm guessing this was part of it between Coach Forbes and Milad Narmas. I'm speculating. I don't know this, but if I were Coach Forbes, I would have gone into that meeting with Milad Narmas and said, hey, you were fantastic last year. You've done some good things early in the year, but realize that you are going to get pushed because now we have – a guy that we didn't think we would this year. You know, it was kind of that semi-surprise when he was cleared to play this year, Lucas Goosson, and he's got the pedigree from Oklahoma State. He's a legit seven-footer, so I don't know if that has maybe elevated Milan Narmas' game and his effort to make sure that he's locked in every night, but whatever the conversation went like, it's done wonders for him. Going back to Patrick Good real quick, how about when I asked him the question about when did you know it was going to be your night? And he brought up and, and your shot clock winded down. Yeah, yeah. That, that was his eighth mate. <laughs> you had to wait till you had eight. You were eight of nine before you thought, yeah, it's a special day. Right, eight of nine. Right. I found that funny. Maybe that, like uh, second, third one. I would have thought like well, that's uh, what I was. You expecting. hit the second, forced the timeout from Western Carolina. Maybe that was it. Yeah, but. I, I thought you know he went. I think four or five in the first half. So I mean the locker room. He's sitting there. That's what I was yeah. going to say. All right, so it's four or five. It's halftime. Thinking, eh, you know, maybe it'd been all right. And then he hits the first one of the second half to kind of get things going again and. I would think then, you know, I did it on the other side of the court. Because the locker rooms can kind of, yeah, yeah right. That's, I mean, he had to hit a couple more. I, I, <laughs> I almost laughed on air when he said that. I was like, hey, it took you eight to figure out? I mean, it'd probably take me two before I'm jacking like 50 shots in a <laughs> he row. He checks every time down the court oh, for you. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it's interesting with a good shooter because we know Patrick Good can chuck it with the best of them, right? Like, he's outside the arc. He can shoot the lights out. But maybe that is that raised level from Patrick Good of being the sharpshooter that he is. Like, you know, I can come out and hit five, six threes any given night. But, boy, when you start to get to that seven and eight territory, but that's approaching the school record, you know. So I, I'm hoping we get to have him on later this week so we can talk about if he's ever been in a zone quite like that, you know, whether it be high school around the area or, um, you know, I, I think Appalachian State, you said, was his, was his career high at 21. So yes, he surpassed that by quite the amount, uh, hits 11 threes and gets 35. So uh, leaves that far in the dust. But hoping we can have a chat with him because it was a memorable night. ETSU men pick up the win, 91-69 over Western Carolina. They hit the road. We'll preview that uh, once we get further in the week on Sandus and the sidekick. When we come back, though, we'll turn our attention to Macon, Georgia. ETSU women's team was down there to take on the Lady Bears. We'll talk about that contest right after this time out here. A word from Ed Wagner on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate E checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. 
Learn more about Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Make your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda... You can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sanderson, the sidekick with you on this Monday as we go through the weekend that was in ETSU Athletics. We just talked a little men's hoops. We'll transition to Brittany Zell and her women's basketball team. They were down on the road with a familiar foe, a team that they played three times last year, including the conference championship game. And uh, even though Mercer had a lot of the similar pieces there, a much different basketball team than what they think a year ago. Mike Gallagher, the sidekick, was down there. He had the play-by-play call of it. And, uh, you know, they had some faces that you're familiar with, Kiki Calloway, Amanda Thompson. They had some fresh faces, but it seems like it's just a different makeup of this year's team compared to what we saw last year from Mercer. It's not as dominant. You know, last year they beat conference opponents by 19 points per game, and until this game against ETSU, they hadn't beaten a conference opponent. They were 4-0 heading into the contest by more than 13, and three of those were by single digits. They were averaging winning by like 7.5 points per game, and I think it was four opponents last year throughout the entire conference season that they beat by single digits, and they had already had to resort to three of those games this season. So, yeah, it's not as dominant, um, but, you know, there's been players that have stepped up to the plate, so to speak, this year. You know, Kiki Calloway, of course, we know. She was the star that was back. Amanda Thompson, she was a good role player, but she was not nearly what she is this year. There was some production to fill. She has filled it 
is averaging 13 and 10 now this year. She's averaging a double-double, which is uh, pretty unheard of when it comes to Southern Conference women's basketball, at least over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Lania Rosendahl, you know, someone that was a non-factor really last year. Same with Shannon Titus, who was coming off a career high against Chattanooga, 24 points, nine rebounds. And those four along with Rachel Self. You know, Rachel Self uh, is a good rangy big six foot three post that can step out and hit the jump shot. And they really rely on those five. They're not going to play any of their subs extensive minutes. You know, Abby Welch played 22, but no one else was in double figures in minutes off the bench. And goodness, it was unfortunately for ETSU, I think a missed opportunity because that first half, you know, basketball is a funny game. I think Sanford probably played their best game of the year against ETSU on Thursday night. And then Mercer probably played their worst quarter of the year against the Bucks on Saturday. So if you look at it that way, things kind of evened out, right? Mercer put up four points in that second quarter. It was 20 to 18 at the half. ETSU was ahead, and Kiki Calloway was 2 of 10 at the break and ended up having an off night. Certainly the preseason conference player of the year, probably just a couple votes ahead of Erica Haynes Overton. You don't expect her to go 2 for 13 and then 1 from 7 from outside and have 5 points. And you think that, boy, if that does happen, I think that my team's in pretty good shape to pull an upset on the road in front of what they said was 2,000. I think it was more like 1,200 probably, 1,000, maybe 1,200 at the Hawkins Arena. But um, Thompson, Rosendahl, and Titus out of the break all stepped up. You know, you knew that Mercer was not going to shoot 23% again in the second half. As it turned out, they shot close to 60%. And ETSU just could not keep up offensively. Thompson is just a scrappy player. She went and got some offensive rebounds, kept possessions alive, cleared the glass, got to double figures, ended up going 7-16, to 16, can kind of do a bit of everything on the court. Rosendahl was just sharpshooting the entire day, goes 4-7 from outside. And Shannon Titus is the athlete. You know, she goes 17-12, and 12, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. I, I mean, what else do you need to know about Shannon Titus? That is a packed score sheet. And she earned every bit of it because ETSU was not making things uh, easy on Mercer. I think it was kind of a combination in that first half of the Bucks. Uh, I, I think giving them some open shots, but also grasping down defensively on the Bears. But Mercer also not hitting some of the open shots they do. Well, I think the, the one of the biggest things that happened besides two double-doubles for Mercer, which it's hard to get one double-double uh, normally, yeah. and to get two double-doubles, that, that's certainly number one. I think the other thing is Mercer kind of ETSU'd ETSU because points off turnovers. Normally that's something that Coach Zell's teams thrives on. And, and the turnovers, I know ETSU had three more, but you know, 16 to 13 is not, not overwhelming, right, like it was in the, the Sanford game. But uh, to get six points off the 13 turnovers for ETSU and you turn around and look at the 21 points off the 16, and that's, again, that's that's a lot of times you look at the stat sheet and Coach Zell's teams when they pick up wins – and that's usually when it jumps out at me that ETSU, you know, stat-wise, it's about even or maybe they're behind in a few stats, but that's the stat that puts them over the top. So it was a little shocking, um, and, and I didn't pay much attention to it at, at halftime. And uh, um, I think we left to go to color. We right at halftime. I came in here and was talking to Trey and him during most of the first half. And, and then when I uh, left, I didn't get a chance to take the stat sheet. until then I was checking on points and paint and other stuff in the first half. But uh, looking at it uh, early this morning, I, I, that kind of dumbfounded me because that's something that that squad has been particularly good at for the last four or five seasons, and to get beat in that category, to me, that tells me sort of the story of the game. Yeah, and a lot of last year, if you remember, I mean, they had Tiana Tarter, right, who was the offensive force, but when they had their best offensive games, a lot of those points were coming off turnovers. They were coming off fast breaks, off steals, because you had Tarter and Haynes Overton who were the most prolific 
uh, thieves in the country, really, the one-two of those that can take the ball away from the opponent. And this year they don't have Tartar. Uh, Erica Haynes-Overton still doing her thing, but there's not that number two that can assist Erica Haynes-Overton in pressuring the ball like Tiana Tartar did. And, and to revisit a couple of things we talked about on Friday in previewing the game, Erica Haynes-Overton, I talked about since the beginning of conference play, has taken just 16 shots in the first half. I was hoping that she'd be a bit more assertive in those first 20 minutes to get ETSU rolling offensively. She hit the first basket of the game, but then took just two shots. The rest of that half went one for three in the first half, so six of 19 now and averaging four points per first half uh, this conference season, which for your star, someone that's averaging 15 points per game, it's just not setting the tone. And, and the bottom line of it is, Jay, you know, we can look at points off turnovers, we can look at, at individual players, but as a collective group, ETSU away from Brooks Gym is just not good enough offensively. And we talked about the stat that I put together over the last number of days with ETSU averaging 77 points per game at home. They're below 60 on the road, and that reared its ugly head with a nine-point first quarter, 11 points in both the second and third quarter, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Consistency, but not consistency in the way you would have liked. And against Wofford, let's remember, they were coming off a quarter the previous Saturday where they had scored 39 points and get just 41 points in the entire game against Mercer. And you have to be impressed with the Bears. Like I was saying, you know, Kiki Calloway has an off night, but her teammates pick her up. It's the people you would expect this year in Thompson, Rosendahl, and Titus. They're 5-0 and now. ETSU drops to 2-3. and The nice part is, and as you've talked about, we'll kind of break down in more depth and preview the games ahead for ETSU men's and women's basketball later in the week. But you've got three at home, and you very well could win all three. UNCG, Western Carolina hasn't put up a fight against really anybody this year. And then Chattanooga. The UNCG and Chattanooga games, I feel like going into those, a lot of people outside both programs will say, well, these could go either way. And they could be season-defining games in terms of your conference standing going into the postseason. So some important contests, but three in a row at home. The Bucks have won all four of their games at Brooks Gym. where away. They're now 0-13. There's a massive log jam in the women's standings. There's yeah. a ton of teams at 2-3. and three. Matter of fact, four teams. So Mercer's a top 5-0. and oh. Chattanooga's a game back at 4-1. and one. Furman, who each issue beats 3-2. and two. Then you've got four teams. Got, so, you know, they're it looks like, again, for the teams with three losses, probably going to be tough to catch Mercer. But I don't know that Chattanooga is anywhere near the Chattanooga of old. I, I think certainly there are chances for Chattanooga to lose some games. And I think everybody uh, from two through seven can flip-flop from now uh, until the back half of the season to get there. And I, I agree with you. They've been so good at home, ETSU. They can rattle off three in a row, get to five and three before hitting the Older road. Season. Yeah, you, again, they've got a great opportunity. The women's game's different than the men's for the simple reason you just have to finish first or second in the regular season to guarantee an NCAA or an NIT. Now, that some of that's determined on who wins and, and goes and all that fun stuff. So, and so th- and there's a lot point, of value. Yeah, and to that point, that third game then in the homestand will be that much more important in the fact that you've already lost to Chattanooga this year. And, again, that's a team that I looked at and did not see a ton from. Now, they've made it tough on some teams since then. You know, they'd won every game that they had played in the conference until they lost to Mercer in a tight contest on Thursday. But certainly that one will be massive. And, and I, I don't want to crush any individual player um, for ETSU women's basketball, uh, but certainly on the score sheet standing out is Micah Sheets over 10 you know, off the bench. Uh, she really struggled offensively, made some late free throws to get on the score sheet, uh, three rebounds and assist to steal. But when you go 0 for 10 from the field, that, that's going to hurt your team, and the Bucks need more 
from her. Uh, you know, she is that second scoring option or has been this year at times. She was averaging going into this road trip 20 points per game in conference play, and she had five points against Sanford, four points against Mercer. All right, that's a recap ETSU women's basketball from Saturday. After the break, we're going to have uh, something that uh, Mike Woo! has fun oh. with. Uh, Stick around for this. Is this going to be epic? Oh, buddy. Oh, my gosh. All right. Pros versus Jays. I have no idea what's happening. We'll do that right after this time. After a word. On Sanos and the Sidekick, this is the Buccaneers Force Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. McDonald's says they flash freeze their beef. Doesn't sound good to Wendy's, but someone might be into that. Tis I, Old Man Winter, and him. I'm not a fan of frozen beef either. Don't stereotype me. I prefer fresh beef just like anybody else. I'm only human ish. Skip the frozen beef from the frozen arches and head to Wendy's. Try a hot Dave's double and see how fresh, fresh tastes. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. Pro. Buckle up for Cody. Kobe Brown just slipped the gravity out of the target center. What a
Versus Jay's. I need a shower. I've been excited about this one for oh. pretty much an entire week. Now, I, this is why I've got excited about this one. It's not because anything that you did was particularly outlandish or out of control or really fits the segment super well, but I get excited when we can put a bow on something that happened months and months and months ago with a new development, and that's what we can do on this Pros vs. Jays. You may remember this segment from I think it was about four or five months ago, and for whatever reason I didn't save the original file. So what we have is what we aired the first time that this issue came up. Driven in the air toward left field. That ball is deep. That ball is way back. Mario and Pemba and Rod out. 17 years together. You <laughs> <laughs> still enjoy this. I love it. Uh, drives this one in the air toward left center field. He put a charge into that one. And that ball is going to go. It's out of here. To left center field. Into the bushes. And the Tigers are on the board. That sounds really good. <laughs> Great contribution, Rod. It's in the booth violence. It was apparently Mario Mpemba, the play-by-play man on TV for the Tigers, choked out by his own color analyst, Rod Allen. was apparently over a chair in the broadcast booth. A chair. That ball driven deep to left field. That one is going to go. That thing is way back and gone. There would be his first homer of the year. And he drives one deep in the air to left field. That ball hit way back. And that ball is gone. A grand slam for Brandon Geyer. On the first pitch, he connects to give the Indians a 4-0 lead. It's the first time this year that Liriano has given up four runs in a game. They come on one swing of the bat. When I walked out to get some coffee at about 10 o'clock this morning, but what 10 o'clock you got the conference call that team? Maybe about 9.15. But anyway, there was some bad. In the world. You know, been over here in the ball room. We've got to find my Gallagher girlfriend. I still concur with that. Got the shot in at the four end. months later. Yeah, got, right. got the shot in at the end. So Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen, as discussed during the All Out of Love, Parody, I guess you'd call it, of the situation. Those two got into a scrap, and it was announced, I think, about a month, month and a half later, that they would no longer be with, I don't know if it's Fox Sports Detroit or 
whatever local affiliate of whatever big company that they were working for. But they were not bringing back Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen after 17 years together. A chair cost them both their jobs, a chokehold, allegedly, uh, in a hallway down in the doldrums of whatever stadium they were in. I think they were on the road. Um, and, and there was more that came out about the whole story. I think that uh, Mario was upset at Rod about some, you know, texting during the game, things like that. You know, not really paying attention to the action, just kind of dropping very little into contribute to the whole product that they were trying to put together, as you could kind of hear in some of those sound bites. And Rod took first action and uh, was like, okay, well, you're annoyed at that. I'm annoyed that you don't give me my chair. And so I'm going to choke you out, and there's going to be a physical altercation, and you're going to, you know, eventually st- lose your job. I'm still going with it really wasn't over a chair that was just a straw rope camel's back. <laughs> and like, I think right. you're, you have to be right. That, <laughs> but, uh, it is just hilarious to think about that that is the thing that broke the camel's back, and Rod Allen apparently does have a bad back, so that could have been part of it. Maybe it's just, you know what, this is the one thing that – summarizes our entire relationship on air and off air is you are not conscientious of me. Maybe that's what it was, and it seemed like Mario had some same issues with Rod. Now, that left the Detroit Tigers play-by-play job open, of course, and Matt Shepard got the Detroit Tigers TV gig. Matt Shepard, you may know from doing Eastern Michigan football and, much more interesting to you, the University of Michigan Wolverines men's basketball broadcast. Now, You are on record as saying that if it was between ETSU and Michigan, you'd take ETSU. You are ETSU through and through. But I figured with this job open, you are such a big Michigan fan that it may be a good idea to at least put together some kind of demo to be able to send off if you have a change of heart. so you're telling me you've made me a demo. I have made you a demo. Very selfless as I am. On pros versus Jays. I took some time. So this is going to be horrific. To go out of my I way. It. I love it. Okay. And make a demo a for this the University of Michigan Let's see how bad this men's is. basketball job. And it goes something like this. Please get ready to go. Get ready. It's time for the 2006 Lady Buck Volleyball Classic. Brought to you by the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. The East, the East, the East, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm here. DeAndre Liggins landed in my lap. The equipment's everywhere, and we're going to take a timeout because mainly I need it. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Jay Sandoz. Put the college together and all started calling ball together. I gave it up a long time ago. I realized broadcasting much better career for me. Broadcasting much better career for me. Broadcasting much better career for me. Broadcasting, broadcasting. Broadcasting. 2-0 pitch on the way. Another line shot. This time he gets by a diving slapping. A diving slapping. A diving slapping. That's his real name. Corners are in thoroughly expecting Slappy to do so. Speaking of Slappy, John Stevens in town tomorrow. Descriptive power. There's an unwritten rule. It's not a real rule. So I don't know how you, how you, what you think about that. Um, 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 well, now we got a little situation here. Barto. And that's a technical foul on. So Collins was trying to get in the ear. Well, that was odd. Top level composure. Getting all the games in, winning the last.
this game and all that crap, but God, I was so mad. Yeah. It was so ignorant. Sandos. So one ball, one strike, two out. Kevin Brown beside himself. We'll get him collected in a second. Here <laughs> comes Seth and Derek Bushy. Sando. Highly uh, unlikely, but those are flammable. Versatility. Second, there, I thought you were going to tell me I need to just go into a wrestling. The one thing my dad told me I couldn't be. Told me I could be a wrestler or a commentator, but could not become a wrestling commentator. What would your wrestling name be? Oh, easy. Angelo Sertelli, the Death Angel. Pretty much I would be a bad guy and would cheat a lot. So I don't know I necessarily have a finishing move or just have somebody hit somebody with a chair and pick up some wins. Angelo Sertelli, the Death, Death, Death Angel. Hiya, this man. Jace Anderson, the play-by-play voice. The East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Sanderson. No, no, no. Go! The voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Get him, Jay. The most qualified, the most competent. The man that knows his own name, usually. Jay Sandoz for Michigan Basketball Voice. Well, there you have it. You think you got a chance. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep this job if somebody heard <laughs> So, Jay Sanderson. Yep. Uh, play-by-play former. I think he just left Montana State. He, uh, he Really? Yeah. So, so, there is a Jay Sanderson. You are not calling yourself Jay Sanderson. No, there's a real Because you, you call yourself Sanderella sometimes yeah, out yeah. there. Sander Claus is another good one. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so one of the one of my favorite stories is Ron Dunn, who is a sports information director here for baseball, went to Arizona, and he sent me a picture because he was doing Arizona baseball, and the uh, I can't remember who Jay was working for at that time. He's like, you're not going to believe who the play-by-play guy is for whoever they were playing. And I'm like, well, who, what is it? And so he sent me the picture. It was Jay Sanderson. Two years later, football's restarted. We play at Montana State, and I just happened to search so who's the new play-by-play guy. It's Jace Anderson. <laughs> so I got to relive that. There's an interview somewhere in here where me oh, and Jay. Oh, was, yeah, I found it. Believe oh, me, yeah. that's where that's from. Oh, so we ended up uh, having a good laugh about it because I had I knew a lot about him. He was like, what are you talking so about? So you're saying that I may have misrepresented you not knowing your own name by throwing the Jace Anderson in there. 1,000% I know. <laughs> I'm I mean, never questionable, one, questionable. No, I, I am never one to misrepresent you, which is the weird thing, right? I've never done that. I just I, I just enjoy how out of context about 17 of those words. A Diamond Slappy. A Diamond Slappy is my favorite his, one. His last name you was Slappy. You say Slappy so his often. His last name was Slappy. I don't know if I believe it. And John Stevens made the, made the thing. So did Kevin Brown. There will be some people very happy with this montage and that they made the cut. Uh, no, I, I think it was well done. It was well done. If you if you're trying to keep me here uh, or trying to get rid of me here, I, I feel like that was. Uh, no, you know, I'm going to send job. it off to Michigan and see. You know, maybe they'll appreciate the humor in it. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll get you what would be yeah, I is think that like a, the one a dream job. Well, is that like the equivalent of somebody turning in their uh, like Madden resume to be an offense coordinator somewhere? <laughs> so, I mean, is that is that basically like when you I send made that the in? Finals. I was playing Madden in Times Square. I can do this in the real world. Yeah, maybe. So here's the best part is. That if you send that, that could live for like twenty years in an office that I'm the running joke that I don't know about. Right. Which would be right. awesome because I'd still be a legend. But you probably are somewhere. And then, right? and then if you we accidentally played up there, somebody may be like, "Hey, you're the guy. You're the guy." Are you Jay like, Sanders or Jay Sanderson? I just want to get just this like straight. Sanderson. <laughs> just like Sanderson. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I I would still like to state for the record, you need a girlfriend. <laughs> like we desperately got to get this man a date. All right, that was pros. 
I don't even want to say Jay. That was uh, it was Jay Sanderson. Yeah, that was. Uh, thank you, Jay Sanderson, for your work. And when we come back, we'll at least be able to celebrate one thing I did right, which is beat Mike in this week's bold predictions. Right for this time out, there word from. The Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. Member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, this is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. I smell the newest Jumbo One with a chance at a $4 million top prize. It's so big, you can play both sides. Jumbo Bucks 300X. Good news, you don't need magic beans to meet this giant. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, giant-sized fun. Please play responsibly. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's Big Baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve, talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. Bold predictions and a simple wrong will not be fine this week because 
I want a week. Maybe we should go yeah. week by week. I think that's how it should work. Nah, well, Forget this overall. Just who wins the week? I think you probably I want a week. in worse shape than if that were the case. You did win a week. I you want a week. Were nine so we just talk about that. You were 9 for 47 Boom. coming in, hitting 191. Um, but you did hit on one. Let's first get to some that we did not get correct. Uh, I went 0 for 5. Uh, now, Erica Haynes Overton, I said, would have 30-plus points. We did this on Friday. I, I think if we rewind the tape, you might hear 30-plus points on the road trip because she had 30 on the road trip combined. Had 12 points against. Now, now I like where your head's at yeah, because you're starting to turn into me. Yeah, well, so, I, so if you can live with that. Uh, it's, I'm just, I'll take the L. Okay. Uh, Eric Haynes Overton, 12 points, not 30-plus, was ETSU's. Uh, leading score against Mercer, but the Bucks had just 41 points against the Bears. So tough to go 30-plus when the whole team scores just 41. So uh, incorrect there for me. You said women's basketball would have more points in the paint than Mercer and that it would be 40-plus points in the paint. Again, 41 I felt pretty points. good in the first half. Yeah. Um, they are up 12-2. to two. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Unfortunately, 20 of the last 28 points of the paint were scored by Mercer. And that ETSU, well. Yeah, ETSU, yeah. as we mentioned, only scored. Uh, 41 points. So to have 40-plus, boy, that would have been impressive with points in the paint uh, if you scored 41. Uh, I said that ETSU, as we touched on earlier, in men's basketball would have three or more. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking with the or more. But three or more players that would have 20-plus points. Now, if you have four players, five players that go 20-plus points, we're probably talking in the neighborhood of uh, team records for points in a game. But Patrick Good goes for 35. Milad Narmus goes for 31. Jerome Rodriguez goes for 14. I like where my head was at. I think the game played out a lot like I was envisioning it, but how could I have envisioned a guy going 14 points over his career high? Yeah, no, I, and anytime you break a school record, things go. Yeah. All the other team sort of aspects, not that the team wasn't doing their part, but just you can throw that out the window. Right. Uh, ETSU men's basketball on your side, and this is where we will give you this. I am the smartest man alive! He is the smartest man in the universe. You're a genius. Now, here's what I'll say. You texted me with about four minutes to go in the game when ETSU was up like 30. And you said, well, Patrick Good just got me my bold prediction. And I said, Patrick Patrick Good just shot me right out of my bold prediction. The game was not over. You said the Bucks would win by 20 or more against Western Carolina. Western closed the game pretty strong, ended up 91-69. You scraped by, Sandoz. I'm sorry. Did I get by? You're a genius. Yeah. So here's the one thing, too, was uh, last media timeout, Bucks do the wholesale substitution, and Western did not. They, mm-hmm. put, they did put one walk on in, but they still kept some of the starters out there, and they were still firing from three. I thought uh, when I sent that and I saw five – Subs for ETSU. I thought that would be reciprocated by West Carolina. It was not. Yeah. So uh, it was a little premature, but held on. Let's go to your final one. You said Mercer would beat UNCG on the men's side, and I believe that game ended up being like a seven or eight point yeah, game. Seven. Uh, yeah. it, now I'll give you a little bit of credit in the fact that it ended up being a seven point game, but UNCG was up by fifteen with two thirty six to go. So it wasn't quite as close yeah, that as was the a, final uh, score indicated. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. The uh, mid-first half is mm-hmm. what, because uh, I watched uh, probably until it got up to almost 20 in the first half, and then I'd cut it off, and then Mercer, a couple people would text me, Mercer making a late run, but I knew what the score was at one point, so yeah. I, I didn't bother to check back in. Late run wasn't going to quite do it. Uh, I said Michigan would lose to Indiana. 
very heavy Michigan on the show today with the resume for Jay Sandoz going to the University of Michigan men's play-by-play job, uh, or allegedly doing so with that fantastic demo that could get him the job. Uh, it wasn't even close. And I don't know if I 100% believed in my own bold prediction at the time, and I think that may have ultimately been the issue. You know, if you... Uh, are the best or the worst. If you think you're the best or the worst, you're right, is, is the old saying. And if you think your bold prediction is fantastic or horrible, then you're probably right. And I was riding the streak of Michigan losing at one game uh, that I predicted on bold predictions last week, or two weeks ago, I should say. And so I said, you know what, let's let it ride. And uh, sometimes you got to have a little bit more sense than that. And uh, I did not. I think 69-46, to 46, Indiana loses their sixth consecutive game. And I think four or five of those have been in blowout fashion. Yep. That's, uh, you're going to hit the button. Stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> little slow. Little slow. Well, I'm waiting right. for you to go ahead and pile no, on. No, I'm not going to pile on because it's a, it's, I'm, I'm very, for the teams I pull for, I like to believe that I'm very well in tune with how good or not good they are. You knew Michigan was going to win that game. Top. I just, you knew they were I did think game. they were going to win that game. Indiana's I terrible. thought you were a little, little over time. I did think the Wisconsin was a easy pick. Yeah. And if uh, there's a couple, I was just trying to, actually I was trying to scroll through. Like even next Friday, they're at Iowa and a few others. Oh, sounds good to me. Yeah, I can see there's a couple more on the board for you. Uh, Red and white colors, Wisconsin and Indiana, but clearly not the same team. Victor Oladipo and Christian Watford are nowhere to be seen. Uh, Watford hitting shots against Duke, number one team in the country. You know, a number of years ago, people always remember that from the left wing as a huge moment for Indiana. Well, clearly those are far in the rearview mirror and no upset against the top five team was forthcoming. Royal Rumble was last night. Did you watch? I did. Okay. Uh, Your thoughts? Uh, you don't have many. Wow. I mean, good uh, contribution. Yeah. I mean, what, 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 what do you want me to say? Well, when I say your thoughts, you're supposed to express your thoughts. And so, if your thoughts were it happened, it was long. It, it was long. long. Okay. It was very <laughs> long. Like, it could, and we had, to, and, and my goodness, could they please stop uh, any match with Brock Lesnar and just I love Brock make Lesnar. that go away and just Minnesota uh, guy. I, I was expe- I was expecting more uh, celebrities or former uh, wrestlers yeah. to run an ad and get about. So I said that, and I think I was meaning at the time, the men's Royal Rumble, there is a women's Royal Rumble as well, but I said that someone, one through five, so how it works is there's 30 people that enter the Rumble, and they enter one to 30, and obviously number 30 you want to be because there's only going to be like seven or eight people left, and you don't have as long of a time to come in and you know outlast other people. A number of people have already been eliminated. I said someone that enters one through five would win. I don't think that happened. What were the numbers? I think it was like number 10 and number 28. 28. And so 28. clearly you want to be more towards the 28 at the end. And then 10 was the kind of one-off thing. It was relatively close, but one through five, that was a tough ask. And uh, unfortunately for me, I am not a genius. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumb. That made it over four. And then uh, Tiger Woods, the cherry on top of my platinum sombrero of bold predictions. I said after day one where he was 53rd, you never bet against Tiger Woods. You never doubt his ability, even though he is not the man that we all grew to know and love in, what was it, the mid early mid-2000s when he was just on fire winning everything. Uh, I still think, and he's shown some resurgence over the last, I don't know, 12 months or so, that he could dig himself out of that hole, come back, finish top 10. 
Now, he wasn't actually that far out. I think he ended up finishing tied for 23rd. Um, and that's a course he normally plays well, too, so I thought that was a good play by you. Yeah, and so he ends up two shots out of finishing in the top ten. Players were really scoring, and from what I understand, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but he was just struggling to putt, and if a couple more putts would have gone down, I would have had that correct, but that's the kind I of think, weekend it was I think me. Hideki Matsui hit the shot of my lifetime. He uh, Hideki t- Matsui, the uh, uh, former... Oh. <laughs> that the right fielder for the Yankees. Yeah, wow, sure. yeah, he was unbelievable. He was just when I Matsuyama. think you could there you possibly go. be there you go. any dumb. That should dock you a couple points. Right no, but yeah. he he hit. I, I don't want to. He was two hundred and thirty some yards away in the bunker. Uh-huh. Three wood. Uh-huh. Can you hit woods out of bunkers? I thought that was a no no. No, you can't. Oh, okay. Nobody can, but him. Oh, okay. And he put it about six feet from wow. the cup. He didn't miss the putt for eagle, but the fact that he hit it from there to there was probably the the best golf shot. I don't want to say ever, but it's it's up there. 230 it's up, out of a bunker. It, it, it's in the upper 1% of all great golf shots. Put me about 23 yards away in a bunker. And you I, could tee, I could tee it up in the bunker yes. where the driver and still not get out of there from 230. All right. Yeah. That'll do it. Terrible ball today. Yeah. We'll rebound. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't. But So you're hitting, by the way, uh, 200, so you're now 10 of 50. Even though I went over five, I'm still 80 points ahead of you in batting average. 14 of 50 hitting 280. Fine. Let's go. Go over five and still be that far yeah, ahead. I think I'm like, in good like ten weeks left in the show. If I just keep I winning each week, I don't know what. I don't think it's that. Eight weeks, but if I can just keep winning a week, win each week. That's Chip away, game. huh? Okay. All right, tomorrow the return. I know you've been waiting. Angry man is He's ending back. his holdout, is he? Yes. I don't even remember what all that was about. We'll have to go back in the archives and figure it out. Yeah. So angry man is back. We'll also take a look at the college insiders top 25 poll and more. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Another edition of Santa's Inside. You don't forget to download to SoundCloud iTunes. You can subscribe to RSS feeds every time we update the show. You can get the alert that it's up and going. We'll see you tomorrow. Another edition of Sanderson the Sidekick of the Marketing Sports Network.